Hey, this is Darcy Rowling, and welcome to the Women 17 podcast, conversations with global women changing the world one sustainable development goal at a time. In each fortnightly interview, we'll learn about these women's journeys, challenges, successes, which SDGs their work contributes to both globally and locally, as well as hear tips on how our listeners can participate in the advancement of the sustainable development goals. Today, I'm very happy to be speaking with Tracy Lewis, co-founder and director of Catalyze Change, a social enterprise supporting girls and young women to develop sustainability skills and knowledge for healthy, happy, and green communities, careers, and the planet. Welcome, Tracy. Hello. Thanks, Darcy, for inviting me. Great to be here. Oh, thank you so much for joining us. Very happy to have you. Um, Before we get started, um, I'd love to share with our listeners a little bit about you, Tracy. Um, I love what you've shared with me. Tracy helps brilliant purpose-led women to save the world. Gotta love that. (laughs) I'm all over that. And that's what Women's 17 is all about. Um, Tracy uh, is a social business consultant and runs online training courses and coaching for women who are starting up their own sustainable businesses. Tracy is also uh, leads the Women in Sustainability Hub in Bristol, where she lives in the southwest part of England with her teenage daughter, Kira. She's also the co-founder and director of Catalyze Change, CIC, which in the UK is a community interest company. Um, who's, who inspires, empowers, and skills young girls and women um, as sustainability leaders and change makers. So I really want to deep dive into Catalyze Change, Tracy. Um, but before we do, um, I think it's really important for our listeners to understand your journey and how you got to this conversation we're having today. Um, so can you first start out? Um, I know that you began your career as a soil expert. Um, and so uh, let's talk about how you got to that, that uh, part of your life. Uh, I know there was a little bit of a journey. Um, So if you would begin there. Thank you. Yes, no, absolutely. Well, I must start by saying I'm not a soil expert, (laughs) but I did work for the Soil Association for 18 years uh, in Bristol and around the southwest of England uh, for their nonprofit uh, business and also for their charity. Uh, So I initially started working with them, developing and marketing their certification systems. And later, I led many of their sustainability change programs around Southwest England. And I managed their regional um, office, Organic Southwest, from Cornwall for around four years um, in 2005. So if I give you a little bit of information about what they do and then how I got there. So the Soil Association is a leading organic certification body. So what it does, it gives the stamp of approval. We used to call it our symbol of trust to organic food farmers and uh, their products. Um, It's also a renowned campaigning and membership charity now for over 70 years. So in what it does, it raises awareness on sustainable and local food and farming systems. And it does some amazing work around supporting small scale and local and organic farmers, helps get better food into schools and helps citizen communities to have conversations and create some really great action around uh, good food. And I mean, how I got into that, um, I mean, well, I, I started off actually at an entry level job because um, I'd been away traveling for five years. So I'll tell you about that in a moment. But I started off in their social business in the certification body and very soon worked my way up to a business development manager role. So managing a team of people and supporting all these great businesses who were coming in to um, organic production or obviously who were already, um, you know, the grassroots of the movement, helping them to grow and increase their impact. 
So it was very well suited to my skills. I'm good at managing projects, events, marketing. So that sort of fast-paced, innovative world of a fast-growing nonprofit was um, very well suited to me. And it gave me lots of great transferable skills and experience around fundraising, communications, social enterprise, developing systems and stakeholder engagement. And so this very sort of rich, interesting career I had for, for 18 years with the Soil Association all started off in the early 1990s. So I went out on my my gap year, as you do, uh, uh, planning to be back in, it was meant to be eight months to go to a university and study history. But I stayed away for over five years. And while out in Australia and New Zealand and Asia, I discovered my passion for organic and sustainable food and farming. So I worked on a lot of farms out there. Also, I did a lot of work in you know in the commercial side of things in both agriculture, farming, as well as hospitality. So you know that really showed me what <laughs> um, you know what sort of destruction it can do. Um, when things uh, aren't um, done in an organic or sustainable way. And um, what really kick-started it, soon after I arrived there, I um, really lucked out and found myself doing a permaculture design course with the uh, founder of permaculture himself, Bill Mollison. So I spent a couple of weeks just immersed in permaculture, and, you know, that's where I really found my purpose. So, you know, it's very interesting because obviously I work with a lot of young women now helping them to find their purpose and, you know, the education and career pathway for them. So for me, you know, I didn't go to university, but I found I found my journey, my path uh, through that through that route. So, yeah, it was. Um, I'll, I'll stop there. Anyway. Yeah, <laughs> no, it's, it's, well, it's very it's interesting. I think, <laughs> well, I, uh, first of all, I mean, we're going to have to dig deeper into that five-year gap, uh, five-year <laughs> gap year. Um, <laughs> um, I think that, I think that's fantastic. Um, I, I, you know, I, thanks so much for sharing uh, a bit about the Soil Association and and as such. I think that's very interesting. It's not an organization I'm familiar with, and I'm sure I'm sure m- most local communities have some kind of uh, similar kind of organization. Um, what, what I'd like to do is just go dig, you know, just to learn a little bit myself and perhaps our listeners um, a little bit about permaculture. You know, what is permaculture and, you know, what's the importance of permaculture? I think that's really interesting um, if you could share that with us. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, well, permaculture, it's an innovative framework about how we go about creating sustainable ways of living. Often people just associate it with, you know, organic gardening and horticulture, but it's about a lot more than that. It's about how we design all of our sort of living and production systems and our communities. Uh, It's very practical and it talks about imitating nature's principles in our own human design with lots of great philosophy, too. And, you know, I think probably a lot of the, you know, more sort of... um, fashionable concepts that we hear about now around regenerative agriculture, whole system thinking, I I think that they all came from permaculture. I mean, that's when I first heard about them. And it's the first time I'd consciously seen sustainability actually articulated and tackled in a very practical way. And what I loved about it is just that... Um, it's can um, it shows you how we can solve some of the you know the worst environmental problems that we've got. Um, so things such as you know arid land. There's obviously was a real problem of well there still is lack of water getting worse in Australia and uh, deforestation and you know just some of the um, the land which is now just unusable because of intensive agriculture and um, 
um, uh, animal farming. And what it does, it shows you through practical solutions that it's really possible to regenerate that, to create thriving communities and food systems. Um, so, yeah, I'm, you know, I, I love practical side. And so for me, I think very early on, it was, you know, like everybody who goes through um, that journey when you first learn about climate change and sort of see and uh, hear about what's happening to our planet on so many different levels, socially and environmentally. For me, it showed me that was there, there were practical solutions. So, um, yeah, it, it gave me my purpose going forward which led me to be knocking on the Sword Association store when I arrived back in the UK over five years later. <laughs> yeah, well, they're lucky to have found you. And and with, I mean, I love the fact that, you know, you found your purpose. It seems like, you know, found it early on, uh, very early on. Um, and, uh, you know, as you had said, now it's quite fashionable, these kinds of concepts. But, uh, but of course, these discussions and these efforts have been going on a very, very long time. Um, yeah. I'm just curious if you could highlight one example. You said that there are um, ways of of, um, uh, you know, looking at permaculture, ways of sort of uh, regenerating. Could you give us an example? You said that there are some simple ways. Could you just highlight one um, for our listeners to better understand? Give me an example of, of how you could do that. Yeah, so they um, they experiment a lot with so it's uh, with different plants. So it's very much about understanding what um, type of um, plants and um, agriculture is best suited to your own local location by observing the land, observing the rainfall, observing, you know, what grows well. So, for example, I was working on projects and um, farms out in North Queensland. So the banana plant is very fast growing. So they'd use that as something that you could very easily um get planted it would start growing very fast and then from that you'd then start growing um other crops which might be sort of harder to get established which might need more shade and then just that by creating the shelter um you then start you know attracting more water into the system and just very simple things like um digging they used to call them swales i believe so these sort of ditches around the contour lines um of, of the property and then that would um, start to gather water and leaves so you'd get this sort of mulching system which would be bringing in water which you could then plant trees around the top of it so yeah some really really interesting stuff and it's very much you know about observing and working you know with what you've got around you. Hmm. And it sounds like this is, I mean, th these are very old concepts. I mean, this isn't something yeah. new. I mean, our forefathers mm. and their, their forefathers, you know, have been, you know, working that soil and, and coming up with these ideas for, uh, you know, a really long time. Um, I think it's quite interesting now. I mean, you know, a lot of people are, you know, doing a lot of uh, organic farming now and, you know, this, you know, I, I live in France, so there's a lot of organic farming, not, you know, a lot of small yeah. shareholders um, around the world that are probably, um, you know, um, utilizing these kinds of concepts in there and the way that they grow um, themselves. So, yeah, very interesting. Thank you for sharing that. Um, I've learned a lot myself uh, and not, also not, I'm not a soil expert at all. And you, uh, um, I will invite you to come to my place because I need some help in my garden. So it's pretty bad. I can hardly <laughs> grow basil. So, or basil, as you would say. So <laughs> I'm pretty bad at this um, plant. So, um, so, 
um, I, as, as you shared with us, you did a, a five year, you had your gap year and then you moved back to, to, to the UK um, and it started with the Soil Association. And then your career sort of um, morphed into a uh, consulting space. So I wonder if you could share with us um, about your career. Uh, consulting and what you're doing with regards to that. Um, you know, I, I love what you had said. I'm, I'm also a background in business development. So I'm really curious to hear, you know, your journey from, from sort of pulling all of these threads together to set up your consulting business. Okay. Yeah. So it was when I moved back to Bristol in 2015, I'd been down in Cornwall and Devon for 10 years. And even though I was still working for the Soil Association, um, during that time, even when um, sort of the regional office shut, I was working on, a, um, yeah, based in different parts of Devon and Cornwall and working on change programmes. And I felt like I was already working like a freelancer, but um, as a single parent, it was quite hard to sort of make that jump because, you know, you've still got the safety net of the your, your salary and the support team, even if um, that was, you know, remotely in Bristol. Um, but I started, I realized I really wanted to work for myself. Um, it was just one of those things that I know that my dad had always wanted to, and he never did. And I think it was one of those things I, and I hit 40. I was like, <laughs> if you don't do it soon, you know, it's never going to happen. And, you know, I, I'm so grateful to um, everything that the Soil Association offered me, you know, so many interesting skills and projects, but it was like, I really want to work for myself. But also, so I suppose on one level, I started looking at ways that I could, um, you know, understand how I could develop my own business. And I suppose this is really how I help women now, because I had to go through this quite long process of trial and error of, uh, you know, practical st skills, such as, you know, setting up social media, developing my brand, uh, how I could set up a website and operate that. But also, you know, how you start to sort of define what your purpose is and then also working on confidence and mindset. That's such a massive issue. Um, and another big change around that time as I was in the process of sort of hatching my, my plan for working for myself and what that would look like. Uh, I also had a massive shift in terms of my purpose. And um, I realized that I was very concerned and cared very deeply about what was happening with uh, women and girls um, you know initially I was looking in other parts of the world but started to also realize that closer to home that um, you know my, my own my own daughter was starting to be was growing up and um, I could see that you know problems facing young women um, seeing that gender equality and it, well, the inequalities are actually an issue right here on our doorstep in the UK as well as obviously some you know really serious issues such as you know FGM and lack of ed education in other parts of the world so it's sort of both of those two processes were running alongside each other in terms of um, wanting to work for myself but also changing my focus um, from organic food and farming to to gender equality so two really big shifts about seven years ago <laughs> um which bit do you want me to focus on because uh that's sort of two big different areas yeah. really. <laughs> well I think well I think I mean I think what's interesting though is that you know that you actually you know have these two focuses but they kind of melded their way together I mean you wouldn't have had one without the other also right so you wouldn't have had 
you know, your, your, your past career with your future career. I mean, it, it, they really marry each other, I think. So, um, yeah, yeah. I, th- I think that's, yeah, I think it's really interesting. Um, and it, I know that you also, um, uh, you also, um, were the, um, setting up the wins, uh, women in sustainability network in the, in Bur- the Bristol area. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, so when I moved back to Bristol, so I moved, I hadn't, I didn't think I was going to move back to Bristol. Bristol is actually, you know, a, a beautiful city, a very vibrant city here in the southwest of England. And I'd always loved living here, but it was like this sort of fantasy when my daughter was born, let's move back to the, you know, let's go to Devon and Cornwall and, you know, live by the coast. And it, it wasn't the sort of the fantasy that I thought it would be, as there were a lot of different, quite a lot of challenges and stresses. I ended up bringing up my daughter on my own in quite sort of remote parts of the country so moving back to Bristol had never really been on the agenda but it was um, a very welcome uh, development when it happened and I arrived back here just as my daughter was starting secondary school um, and that was when I decided I was going to work for myself but I didn't actually have that many local networks here in Bristol because I you know lived away for 10 years and so I started going to I think it was one of the first ever meetings of women in sustainability which is um a network for you know women working in sustainability as it says and met Rianne Sherrington who's the founder of the network so that was the first ever hub here in Bristol and I just found it such a a support uh it was so great to be surrounded by like-minded women and um just there's a very sort of a coaching aspect to the the events and a real emphasis on the networking and, you know, developing those relationships as, uh, as a long game, as well as, you know, focusing on sustainability issues, both from sort of personal development as well as the you know, sort of technical and policy world, et cetera. So, um, yeah, they were brilliant meetings. So, you know, that was a real support to me in terms of setting up my own business and, yeah, sort of five years down the road, um, Rianne has, you know, really done an amazing job uh, developing hubs across the UK, now also in other parts of the world, New York and um, Frankfurt. So, yeah, it's a real growing network. And she then moved to Wales and also wanted to focus on the the, um, the overall network. So I took over the Bristol hub. So, yeah, um, yeah, facilitate local meetings. It obviously all went online last year with the pandemic. So it's not just about Bristol, but, you know, a great group of women. And I also host uh, a freelance uh, entrepreneur quarterly meeting as well. So, yeah, I, I think they're really valuable networks, which I've... Yeah. Yeah, sorry. I I think it's also, you know, because, um, you know, I I love what you said. I mean, it's like a coaching session, support. And and I think it's really important, too, when you're working in a consulting space and you're a sole proprietor, such as your good self, you're on your own, you know, it takes a village, you know, really, you know, Mm -hmm. to have other other support and also just to generate ideas and, you know, Mm -hmm. and and thinking about, you know, collaboration and um, and particularly in your local community. I, I love what you said earlier about, you know, you were looking at, you know, working, you know, doing some some work globally, but you realized sort of in your back door and your front door or whatever, um, you know, there were needs. And I think that, that that's, um, that's a lot of the reason why I wanted to start this podcast too, is, you know, there are a lot of women doing a lot of great work globally or, and, and working for big multinational companies. But 
to me, the dial moves very nicely when you're invested in your local community. And there is so much work to be done in your local community. Now, don't get me wrong. Of course, there are needs everywhere. Um, but, you know, and, you know, I think that, um, you know, for me, I'm just sort of getting my arms around that and working in, in considering working in a more local um capacity. Um, but going back to what, uh, what I was starting to say is that I think it's really nice that you, you, you have this network for women and I'm sure there are different, different stages of their sustainability journey. And, uh, but it's just nice to have, uh, women that you can connect with and share ideas with and learn from their mistakes and successes. I think really quite. Important. Yeah, no, no, absolutely. And, um, you're working for myself, it, you know, it was, it's 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 quite it can be very challenging obviously especially when you're you know you're based from home um or you know just working um you're not like you say you don't have that team to um toss ideas around with and for that mutual support so yeah you know these sort of networks are, are invaluable and you know that's since the pandemic as well when you know more than ever we're all you know quite isolated and uh, well everyone's been forced to work from home um if they can for some you know for, for a big part of the last year so you know it's ever more important to have those connections and yeah so my cons- just sort of going back to what i was doing with my consultancy business um for the first 5 years i was very focused on providing um, support to third sector businesses, so green businesses and uh, social enterprises who needed support around uh, project development and management and fundraising. So I got involved in some really interesting projects. But um, when the pandemic hit last year, I realised that there are a lot of women who were then suddenly out of work, suddenly, um, you know, didn't want to carry on or couldn't do the work that they, they had been doing. So that's when I decided I'd actually pivot myself and start uh, providing um, startup courses online for w- other women who wanted to start working for themselves. Because I've been so, through such a steep learning curve. It's like you can learn from all of the things that I've done wrong. <laughs> and um, yeah, just uh, that that's uh, uh, where I've gone as well as obviously I, I do catalyze change. That's uh, sort of uh, th- at least half of my work is um, running catalyze change as well. Sure. Yeah. Well, I think, I mean, what you just highlighted, I mean, certainly the pandemic, um, you know, women, you know, all the progress that we've done and and actually related to almost all of the 17 sustainable development goals. I mean, they've all been sort of pushed put, you know, they've gone back, uh, in time and uh, particularly for women, you know, being caretakers, um, you know, either being made redundant or having, you know, forced mm-hmm. to, 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 um, uh, to stay at home and, and as such. So women are really, really affected mm-hmm. by this. So mm-hmm. I think that's wonderful that you're embracing that and pivoting your own, your own consulting business to support these women, because, uh, you know, I don't know, I don't have the stats here. I should have probably prepared that, but I mean, you know, there's a huge percentage of, of small women business owners across the globe. So, um, so that's great. I think that's a, um, you saw a niche and there's a support, uh, for these women. So kudos to you. So <laughs> I think it's great. Yeah. Do you do consulting globally too, or is it just, uh, locally? Oh no. I mean, obviously everything's online now. So, you know, um, 
even just, you know, I've, I've run three li- online programs so far um, with this course, I've startup course I've developed, this five-week course. And um, I've had women join from uh, different parts of the world, well, mainly Europe so far. But, you know, if the time zones work out, then you can join from anywhere. I mean, that is, you know, I think there's certainly something to be said for how um, it's helped to sort of reset uh, what we think is possible now and the sort of the environment we're working in. So, for example, with Catalyze Change, uh, you know, all of our work had been in the Bristol area uh, we run this residential um, summer camp for young women. I've been doing that for the last five years. And last year it was like, well, it was becoming pretty clear by, <laughs> at least by this time of the year, it was like, well, it's not going to happen. And so we made a decision and pivoted it online from the Catalyst Bootcamp to the Catalyst Summit, which we did over three days, over a three-week period with the young women. And then all of the mentoring moved online as well. And actually that's created a huge opportunity because it means we can work with so many more young women. And we have had some young women join us from other parts of the world. And, you know, there's, we want to create this sort of global learning and mentoring community for young women to be change makers. So I think, you know, COVID has really helped to shift what we can see as possible and, you know, help to focus our mind on how we do go about doing that. Yeah. Yeah. I've noticed that certainly from the corporate uh, level also, I mean, you know, everybody going virtual uh, creates a sort of a level playing ground for anyone virtually. So um, whereas, you know, oftentimes, you know, clients would only want to work with somebody that was in their back door in their neighborhood, um, you know, and as such. So it's opened up one of my clients, you know, they were um, uh, based in, 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 in Germany and, um, uh, they were just doing some um, work in the city that they were in. And then once we went virtual, it sort of opened up the whole world to them. So mm. they started to get to, you know, and that cross fertilization of ideas yeah. and uh, diversity um, really adds to, to all kinds of businesses and innovation. So, um, so let, let's, let's uh, dig, dig a little bit deeper into, to cat, into the program, the catalyzed change um, you touched on it. So I wonder if you could tell us a little uh, a, a, more about it. I know that it is, as we said earlier, and you've said also, it supports girls and young women to develop their sustainability skills and their careers. So could we um, go a little bit more into the program and sort of the, what age group you um, focus on? Um, you know, what? how do they find you and why do they come to you? Um, yeah, so just mm. yeah, let's deep dive a little bit into the program because I, okay, this was, yeah. to, you know, to be honest, this was when I found you, this was, I thought, wow, this is a really amazing program. And I love the fact that you're focusing on young women um, and girls. So please share a little bit about uh, Catalyze Change. Okay, great. Um, So yeah, it was five years ago that we launched our first ever Catalyst Bootcamp. So what that was, uh, um, was three days of residential summer program um, up in this beautiful location on one of, on the Bristol University campus. And we developed this three-day program, which takes them on a journey as a change maker from that sort of inner place of growing your purpose, um, identifying your purpose and growing your confidence, uh, meeting lots of other women who are working in different uh, careers and sectors and stages um, of their careers in sustainability. So there's a lot of inspiration and knowledge shared. And then you get to meet um, your own mentor. So a woman working in sustainability is matched with you and the young woman is then they work together um, for the next three to 
six months to support them to um, identify and achieve you know, education and career goals around sustainability. And we also do a sustainability challenge. So there's a day where they're introduced to different areas of sustainability and a, a visionary questions posed about how you're going to solve one of these challenges. And then they work on finding solutions and then present back to each other at the end of the day. So it's got so lots of little strands to it. And we also, uh, when it was um, an in-person event, we used to go and visit this uh, fantastic local sustainable business, um, uh, Pucker Teas, uh, who've got a, a wonderful site, showed us how the organic tea was made and uh, hear from lots of inspirational mm -hmm. women working there. But so last year when we pivoted it all online, we were able to do about seven different virtual study visits so they could go and you know, speak to different companies. Clearly, it's not quite the same as visiting uh, a site, but, you know, you do then actually get more um, more ideas and input because you can yep. virtually visit more. <laughs> so, yeah, it's a really varied program. Um, it's got quite a lot to it. You know, I suppose the three key elements are it's all around the, the green careers, um, inspiration and pathways, it's around sustainability skills and knowledge, um, but also the you know, third strand is just as important and we weave through all of it is your personal well-being and development. Uh, because, you know, if you don't have that inner sort of confidence and um, belief, then, you know, you can't be the, the change you wish to see in the world. And so, you know, it's really important. It's a very holistic program. And, you know, it's been a real labour of love. We, you know, launched the first one. We... <laughs> absolutely no contacts no you know track record even though you know we're all you know very accomplished women in our own different fields so you know uh, you know people did believe in our ability to deliver it but you know it was all totally from scratch I didn't have any contacts with young young women or um, we didn't have social media profiles set up so you know it's been a steep learning curve but that first Catalyst Bootcamp that we ran, we got it, we managed to run it through a crowdfunder. Um, so I had like five weeks to deliver the first one. And it was just amazing that, you know, the the transformation, the feedback, the the energy and the love and joy with all these young women. It was like, oh, yeah, we, well, we've got to carry this on because <laughs> we're so, you know, we're so um, tapped into something here, you know, that's really special and was really making a difference. So, um yeah, now we're working, doing it online. And I'm also running a green careers course at the moment and trialing a new online platform for our Catalyst community so we can create this safe space where they can connect with each other and with the mentors um, throughout the whole program. You know, it's not just about meeting at events. Um, so I'm really excited about these developments. And, you know, I really hope um next year that we can start looking at how we can meet in person again and also get back out into nature because these are you know really important things and that's when I think the magic happens but also you know I think the online space the virtual experience and the community the and connection you can build um the way that that's so much more inclusive and um I think people are a lot more sort of used to this way of learning and connecting now. I, I'm really excited about the possibilities and how we blend them together. Yeah. 
Yeah. That, and that's exactly, thank you for sharing that. That's exactly what I was going to say is maybe it's a blended solution or um, yeah. blended uh, opportunity um, uh, for, for, for the women. So, um, so I, I, I love everything that you just shared. Um, I love, uh, you know, sort of your pillars, the focus areas that you're, you know, um, upskilling these women on and building their confidence. And I love the idea of a mentor, um, particularly at a young age. I think this is really important. We focus a lot on uh, mentors in the corporate world. And, um, and I think it's great to have one early on. I probably, if I had the um, luxury of having a mentor, I don't even know if that anybody even knew what a mentor was when I was young. Um, but, uh, you know, in, in, in sort of practice, I mean, of course, but, uh, um, I think that uh, I would have made different choices or I could have asked somebody, you know, a lot of it was guesswork and, you know, okay, well that didn't work and this worked, mm. but I, but going, speaking, Speaking to that, it's what you've just shared, your entrepreneurial spirit. I think, you know, to have the the gumption and idea and going, yep, we're going to do it. We've got all this talent, you know, we've got all this talent in the room. We can do this and uh, being well received. But, you know, it's also, um, you know, obviously a bunch of change makers are, are an excited bunch and they're, and clearly you guys sort of hit the nail on the head. Um, I'm wondering if, um, there are specific industries that you focus on. I know you've mentioned sustainability, but I wonder if you could flesh that out. That's my first question. And then the second question is, I don't know if you've shared the age group, because um, I think that that's really important because we're talking about young women. So if you mm -hmm. could share those two, that would be great. Yeah, no, absolutely. So the age group uh, that we work with is from 16 up to 24. So we did originally just start working with teenage girls but we could see there was quite a big demand for young women just in that sort of early 20s who are just um, finishing university or just finished and they're, you know, really want that support into their entry level jobs. How do they get into sustainability? So uh, we find there's real value in working with that, that age group. And in terms of sustainability, I mean, it really is the, the whole spectrum. Um, I mean, we, we realised that... Um, we want more young women in leadership positions and obviously more young women in um, STEM-related um, careers and professions. But actually, you know, when in the Women in Sustainability Network, we're talking about, you know, the whole focus of sustainability, well, as represented by the Sustainable Development Goals. You know, we need all hands to the pump and it's all relevant. And um, it's kind of the you know the scope is increasing all the time um, in terms of what a sustainable or green job or role is. So what we want to do is start from a point of view is you know where is somebody what do they feel passionately about what interests them where are their skills and help them to find their purpose um, and align it from from starting from that place as well as aligning it with what you know what the world needs you know using the sustainable development goals as a sort of a framework to help them identify that. So um, in terms of the industries that we work with, I mean, the women who mentor for us, they come from such a wide range. There are a lot who are in the more sort of traditional sustainability consultancies or working in, in CR, CSR roles in corporates. But uh, also there's a whole range from working with, you know, in third sector NGOs, uh, in program management roles or fundraising or um, outreach um, in education 
in obviously sort of the land-based um, work around conservation and uh, research and ecology, um, but also, you know, there's so many important um jobs and skills in communications and marketing you know none of it's going to happen unless we have the behavior change so it's it's really rich and it's really exciting you know we've had young women come into the program go oh well, I didn't think I could work in sustainability because you know I'm not into science I'm not good at science I'm an artist but then they realize that there's you know clearly a really important role for them so yeah and we've got some brilliant yeah. businesses who work with us um from you know renewable energies um uh, environmental law but also you know b corps like uh Pucketees and natra care who do um organic uh, period products and it's wonderful you know it's a very it's a very rich scene yeah, I th- I think that uh, first of all, I wish I was somewhere between sixteen and twenty four. <laughs> so uh, unfortunately, that ship has sailed long ago. Um, but the uh, what you've just shared is uh, the the opportunity and exposure to so many different elements. And I, I love what you just said at the end here is that you know certainly actually almost every job should be re- sustainability related. I mean everything, whether you're working in mm-hmm. as an engineer, whether you're working in you know technology i mean every every doggone job in this world should be focused on um thinking about the environment and Mm -hmm. and how we can be better stewards of the environment so Mm -hmm. um but i think this is such an amazing and rich opportunity for these um for these young women to have this um sort of multi-stakeholder, multi-industry um, exposure. Um, it's, and you're right, at such a young age, it's really interesting. And I think also, I mean, you know, just thinking about your own self, I mean, you said, you know, that, you know, these women may be at 24, they've just finished uni and they're not sure or they're in that process. But, you know, I think you could also, you know, be looking at young women who have a similar career trajectory is your good self because you said you didn't go to university. Mm-hmm. And so do we need to go to university? I mean, maybe we don't. So the, you know, by attending courses like this and actually having the opportunity to have a mentor, those could be different mm-hmm. paths for, mm-hmm. for women to choose. So, you know, they're, they're not all that straight and narrow path anymore. I, I love that. They're all, um, you know, they go twisted and around in many, many different ways. And so I think it's great that young women uh, are able to, to learn and glean from, from those experiences including your good self so yeah mm, kudos to yeah. you yeah thank you thank you yeah <laughs> so um so i i know you said that you um uh, you know you did it quite quickly uh, five weeks be- between funding and when you you got cracking and 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 delivered um the first boot camp so i'm wondering um you know what other types of challenges you faced along this way um in 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 running the social enterprise and catalyzed change yeah, I mean, yeah, it's certainly um, not an easy path to, to tread, setting up your own um, social enterprise from scratch. But, um, you know, it also is in, incredibly challenging. Um, so I think some of the key areas um, which you need to tackle, or I've certainly had to, are it's finding the business model which can actually work for you. Um, so you can actually um, create an income from it with a, you know, and get that sort of mix of income streams, which are going to allow you to grow, but then also, you know, create, achieve some level of sustainability um, going forward. Uh, So for example, 
you, it's, you know, it's quite fine to get uh, grant funding in at the beginning, but you can't become grant funding reliant um, not as a social business. You know, you should be aiming to have your own um, earned revenue stream. So that's been a big challenge. Um, also, um, it's about capacity when you're having to earn money from other sources yourself. Um, I'm a single parent and I would just started working for myself, you know, with my consultancy. So actually being able to put my own time into that and to bring in other resources, it's um, it's about the focus, you know, and uh, it can be sort of quite tricky, that balancing act, which we all we all have, don't we, all the time trying to make these things work. Also, marketing is a really big one. And actually did, running a crowdfunder was a really good way um, to help us really fine tune the, the messages and test what worked. And then also in terms of getting your supporters around you. So the people who uh, your, your friends, your family and other key stakeholders. So other businesses who, you know, I've worked with in the past, old colleagues that you you start to gather those around you because they become your initial supporters and you have to really hone down your your marketing messages. But, you know, it's not easy. As we know, it's um, a very busy um, marketplace out there and digital communications, even though there's incredible opportunities to be able to have free access to this wonderful social media and all the new different apps and graphics, et cetera. And um, it's, you know, it's, it's a very um, specialized thing within itself, you know, which I've um, come on a steep learning curve with and then now it's about how do you build that online community so actually you know learning how to do that and the skills and time and energy to put into it but I think probably the one final thing which just struck me as you asked the question actually in terms of the challenges I think ultimately you know I've been the biggest challenge you know it's about actually committing and having the confidence to say yeah I'm all in with this because it's kind of quite a scary thing when you put yourself out there like that, especially when you, you know, you've got such a big vision and mission and especially, you know, when you're doing things which are so unknown in terms of, you know, working with a totally new organ, um, target audience that um, I hadn't done before mm-hmm. with young women. I'm, we're creating these new programs, which, you know, they're, they're unknowns. And so it's really about having that confidence and, and going with it and I think, trusting yourself. Yeah. Thank you. That is uh, really great advice. Um, and I, I like how you you led with, you know, looking at your business model, which I think is really critical. Um, you know, every um, I was just uh, before we um, recorded, I'm um, was just in listening to some pitches and um, there's a conference going on. It's called change now. And I was listening to pitches. Um, you have to do your pitch in like, you know, 10, 10 minutes, or actually it was even less. I think it was like five minutes. So I was and I'm thinking, wow. Um, but I think, you know, understanding, you know, having that idea and, um, but having that business model. And then also as you shared, I mean, you know, you almost sound like you've got like 10 jobs just doing this one job. And a lot of it's upskilling yourself, you know, mm-hmm. what kind of social media platform? How do I, get, you know, how do I hear people? I've got, oh, I've got to fundraise. I've got to do program design. I got to deliver and I have to, have to do it all with a, you know, a smiling face and, and as such, <laughs> you're probably exhausted, but I would imagine the reward is when you do the boot camp and you get, you know, so much response and, you know, just sort of seeing the action that comes out of that and, and the results is probably, um, you know, all worth that, that I wouldn't say pain, but all those 
newfound challenges. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think that's fantastic. And I think that, you know, having I th- what you're demonstrating to me and to our listeners, I think is if you have an idea, sometimes you just have to go for it and you mm-hmm. have to, you know, and you also have to have that community of people that are supporting you. Like you said, you have to, you know, you're asking your friends and you're asking your neighbors and your community and, you know, you, you can't be afraid to ask people, right. um, particularly mm-hmm. when you're trying to help your local community. Community, um, uh, become a bit stronger and better. So um, I will highlight, um, which I haven't done yet, is that the catalyzed change contributes to several of the sustainable development goals. Um, first being uh, sustainable development goal number five, which is gender equality. Um, number four, which is quality education. And uh, number 13 is climate change. Um, I would also uh, suggest that you probably, there's a lot of collaboration, so probably 17 also in um, partnerships for the goals in order to get that done. So, um, so I know know that you're having a summit that's kicking off in July on the 17th uh, of July, which is just around the corner uh, for young women, again, age 16 to 24. It's not for my age group. I'm going to talk with you about that offline. (laughs) I could could pretend like I'm 24. Um, But can you tell us a little bit more um, about, uh, you know, how can can women um, outside 16 and 24 year olds outside of the UK or within the UK that are not in your in, in the Bristol area, can they join and how do they join? Yeah, no, absolutely. So we've kept everything online again this year. So again, we're going to be doing our three day Catalyst Summit. And also um, that then leads to uh, up to six months of mentoring and membership of our Catalyst community. So even though it's going to be a really exciting, jam-packed three-day sustainability event to get you inspired and skilled, you then also become part of this community and get your mentor. So, you know, it's quite a sort of a rich Uh, learning and mentoring journey that you go on and as it's online we welcome young women uh, aged 16 to 24 from anywhere in the world anyone young woman who wants to make a difference and this program speaks to them you know please I'd love you to join us it's going to be really inspiring you're going to meet a wonderful new like-minded community and it's going to give you uh, a lot of ideas inspiration and knowledge about you know how you pursue your own um, pathway to, to making a difference so, yeah, I mean, have a look at our website or, you know, follow us on Instagram, Catalyze Change, for regular updates. And the booking link is on our bio on Instagram. Uh, if you've got any questions about it, though, or um, just drop me an email, Tracy, T-R-A-C-I, at catalyzechange.com. And, you know, Darcy, you might want to become one of our mentors, that's how you yeah. can <laughs> There you go. Yeah, I'd love to. Well, I will I'll certainly put um, on uh, my website, the Women 17 website, we'll put um, all these links on there um, and share with uh, share with our listeners. Um, I've got the demographic breakdown. I don't have a, I have a few 16 year olds listening, but I have a lot of their parents listening. So I will uh, uh, hopefully we'll be able to, to share and spread the word. Um, and I'd love to have a conversation with you about, um, yeah, being a mentor. So um, um, but yeah, this is really exciting and um, really happy to to help spread the word, certainly um, within Europe and globally. So, um, so uh, let's see. Let me see what else I want to ask you was sort of what's next for you guys? I mean, I know after July 17th, you're probably all going to collapse and <laughs> go on holiday. Uh, but do you have any anything um, sort of in your immediate future um, after any any types of new programs or anything else that you're working on? 
Yeah, working on loads. <laughs> Just waiting for the time to get to do it. But uh, so we want to put some of our courses um, online, um, as sort of digital courses that people can access uh, from anywhere in the world at any time. So at the moment, I'm running this eight-week live green careers course. So I want to put some of that as sort of you know evergreen recorded content people can access, and then also looking at how we can build this catalyst community of um, change makers and. Um, so that's sort of an area and looking at how we can develop a membership model for Catalyze Change as part of our, our business model going forward. And in terms of myself, I'm just starting to write a book. So that's my exciting thing. So I'm going to be um, doing that, um, but as you know, an ebook. So I'm hoping to do that to support the work that I do with, you know, women who are um, starting up and growing their own social businesses. So yeah, so lots on. <laughs> wow. So actually no ho- summer holiday for you. Forget that. <laughs> Got a vision of myself sitting in my my bell tent in a beautiful field somewhere on the, the coastline of South Devon where I can be writing. I don't need to have a computer all the time. <laughs> there you go. So my well, that, just sounds like, that sounds just like a great place to take a nap to me. So <laughs> I'm all over the napping. So, um, but yeah. And they, what do they say? What's the saying go? Like if you need, you know, if you, if you want something done, ask a busy woman or something <laughs> yeah, like that. Yeah. So you're, you sound a lot like me, like, you know, you, you, you know, you get that energy and you can do multiple projects. And 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 as such, and and work on multiple, um, you know, on multiple things, and and certainly for you, it sounds like there's so much synergies between everything that you're doing. They all complement each other and feed into each other, and as such. Yeah. So, um, so we're we're almost at the end of our interview, and um, I'd like to ask you one last question. You elaborated a little bit earlier, but maybe if you could expand on um, what kind of advice would you give to women um, who are keen to do something similar or or not similar, but to, to work in their communities, what kind of advice would you give? Yeah. I mean, I think it's one of the points you just touched on um, around finding allies and collaborators. You know, you really need to talk to like-minded people or, you know, others in your network, um, others that you get referred to and find out what's happening, what the problems are and how you can use your skills where they can be put to best use. So, you know, it's really important to join with others who are already doing it. But if you see that there is a need or a gap, then consider filling it by starting something new. But, you know, it's really important not to do it alone. Um, you know, when I started having the Women in Sustainability Network and talking to them and getting them, um, uh, three other women joined me on the board. And I've now got a much wider advisory board and all these wonderful women mentors. And you, know, you just can't do it on your own. And who would want to anyway? So, yeah, I think it's just starting to collaborate and network and you know all these wonderful online communities now it just makes it even even easier doesn't it to to find like-minded people and learn new skills and support each other yeah absolutely i think sometimes though the it's all sometimes it's also having the gumption to articulate it out loud Mm -hmm. um you know your idea you know is this gonna be a silly idea how are people how's it gonna land so the first thing i'd say is you know it's great that you know uh that, that catalyze change you know is is sort of giving young women that opportunity to articulate 
what they're thinking and what their ideas are and build that confidence. Um, and then certainly from you said the women in, in, in sustainability um, network um, supporting you. So that's a, it's nice. It's nice to have mm. allies, as you said, so um, to help along that. And, and also it's, it's great because you can get feedback on, you know, that sounds crazy. It does not work or somebody's doing it mm. next door. And so, um, you know, it, just, yeah. it offers all kinds of things because like you said, um, you know, we're, we're all really busy and you don't know everything. So it's great to have that, that, that network of people. Um, yeah. And I found, you know, for myself, that's, that's been a, a, a having a big network and a diverse network, mm. um, has been really, really super helpful for me in my, my own personal career. So, mm. um, great. Well, um, I, I would like to thank you once again, uh, for joining me today, um, on the women's 17 podcast, I will have all of your links, um, as we just discussed, uh, uh put onto the website. Um, and if women like to sign up between 16 and 24 years old, um, all the links will be there, um, in order for them to, to do so. So thank you so much for joining me today, Tracy. I really appreciate your time. Oh, thank you. It was a pleasure. Thanks. Thanks for inviting me, Darcy. Bye. Yeah, great. So, and as always, I'd like to thank our listeners for tuning into the Women 17 podcast, Conversations with Global Women Changing the World, One Sustainable Development Goal at a Time. We welcome your feedback from today's podcast and wish you a happy, safe, and productive day.